Today I am talking about hearing the voice of God and just having a heart that is prepared to hear the voice of God. So many times when it comes to the voice of God and guidance, we don't know if it is God, if it is our emotions, our feelings, our situation, the pizza we ate yesterday, um, the influence of people, we don't know. Many times we also think that, you know, the voice of God is just in line with common sense and um, we find that there's different kinds of common sense, you know, what's common sense to the one isn't to the other one. And uh, we don't actually know what God is saying to us. And uh, then we want to add in a little bit of fear uh, when it comes to anything we do, because if we add in a little bit of fear, it actually shows that we can stress it through. We can fear it through. Um, and then basically saying, well, at least I am responsible about this decision because um, I am fearing that it can go wrong. Because if I fear it can go wrong, then it means that I'm taking up my responsibility um, in the sense of uh, uh, showing forth the seriousness of the decision. So God, God has not designed for us to live in fear. He has not designed for us to be confused about His will. He's not designed for us to be at a place where we cannot hear His voice. God has come to give us the ability to hear His voice. When we look at a human being, we can look at a human and we can say, he's got eyes and ears and a mouth and all those kind of things. And the same is true uh, spiritually. You know, if we look at God, you know, God has designed us so that we can see or perceive him. God has designed man that we can hear him. God has designed us for relationship. And if God has designed you for relationship, how will it be possible to have a relationship with somebody if you cannot communicate with him? If you don't know exactly what he wants and who he is? Uh, how will you be able to um, be, be at a place where you can actually rely, trust upon, give your life to a person that you cannot hear? That you're not sure about what he says? One of the greatest things that I find in, uh, in Christianity is that we have made the will of God very mystical. Not we, you know, and that there's a specific will of God for every person and that the job we have is to find out what God's will is so that we then can go and do the will of God. Now that is one of the greatest mistakes we can make. I've stepped into that um, and when you step into that, the whole way you read the Bible, the whole, whole uh, the, the complete way of studying scripture, going to listening to a message on a Sunday and all those kind of things, is just going to be a mess. You're going to hear um, the message in the light of trying to find out what the will of God is so that you can do the will of God. And then when you do the will of God, you will have the blessing that you believe God has promised you. Now that is absolutely wrong. Uh, the will of God, let me put it this way, straightforward. The will of God is simply that you rely upon Him to give you hearing, that you rely upon Him to give you clarity, that you rely upon Him. That is the will of God. This is the will of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. So God's will is, and Jesus can do the will of God, is to produce 
faith in your heart or to produce something that can cause your heart to go to rest at the integrity of God, uh, which is portrayed in how he brings forth his life with you, on how he unified himself with you. Now, let me say that just uh, in short. I don't want to um, make it a difficult concept to understand. This is what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is we so many times want to hear an outside voice from God so that we can do our part, which is obey that voice. And then when we obey that voice, it means that we can be blessed by our obedience to that specific command. That is not the way God has intended it for us to hear His voice in everyday life. Secondly, what we have um, thought is that God's will is mystical and that He hides it and that it's our job to find out what His will is for me. It's almost, almost like going to a boss and trying to plea with him to tell you what your job description is. And then if you don't accurate, and then he doesn't easily speak. And when he talks to you, um, you know, he will always also say it in a way that can be very, you, you can always be wrong. You know, it's, it's like a right or wrong. It's like, a, I hope this is what he said, and I, I hope it's not that, but it, the scripture I got or the prophetic word I got, can, if I, I can actually interpret it in any way I like. And then you sit with this thing of, a mystical will from a boss that wants you to do his will exactly, but he finds it very difficult to tell you clearly, and if you don't do it exactly as he said, there will be suffering involved uh, for you. Now, um, the will of God as pertaining to hearing his voice is very simple. The way God works is from the human heart. He works from belief. Everything he does is from belief. Do you know that if your heart is blinded, uh, the, and this is what the Bible says, by the reading of the law, the heart is blinded and you cannot understand and you cannot hear. Now what that means is very simply this. The human heart is, um, from the heart flows the issues that drives your life. Uh, in other words, what you believe is what you're going to see and what you're going to hear. As simple as that. What you believe will determine what you see and what you hear from God. What you already believe will interpret your uh, way of understanding the scripture. Now, our heart is so, so powerful. And remember this. When I talk about the heart, because there might be some of you that say, oh, Barry, this sounds like bad news, but let me, talk, let me say this straight out. God is greater than our heart, meaning that His voice um, can divide asunder between the thought and intent of the heart. In other words, when we hear His word, it can influence the human heart. So God is greater than the heart, but I want to explain to you how we hear the voice of God. Um, and how simple it is to hear the voice of God and how clearly God speaks to all people all the time. 
The only problem is you don't want 10 voices uh, to listen to. You just want one clear voice and that would be uh, when the, the voice that God speaks. And, and then from there you will live. Now the human heart um, or the belief system um, or the spirit from where you do things determines what you think. It determines what you feel. It determines at the end of the day what you do and how you perceive things. If you look at um, radical Islam, for instance, you would see that, you know, we say, you know, I, I saw a video of the, this ISIS guy that says, we're going to bomb Washington, D.C., we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then he said this, for it is the will of God. Now, you must realize that he hears that voice so clearly that he's willing to die for it. So it's not that there is not a voice speaking to him. We want to say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear the voice of the Spirit. What does the Spirit of God say? Now, if I am in a place where I am in uh, legalism and law and where and I believe in the stoning of people or uh, the killing of people that's not of my own belief. When I am indoctrinated with that belief and I want to hear the voice of my God, you, will, you must realize that this, that spirit that you are in, the spirit of, of um, the law, the spirit of your belief system will command you and tell you what to do. And you will say, I really feel in my heart this is what God says. And that is what God says. Like you would find a person that can say it's the will of God to decapitate somebody or it is the will of God to stone somebody. And like Jesus said, there will be people that will kill you and say, we are doing God a favor in killing you. Meaning they feel that they are absolutely doing the will of God. They will swear by what they hear. They would say, the living God told me so. And then they will have scriptures that will back what they say. They will say, but this verse confirms. You see, the problem is, is there's the problem, but also the blessing. The problem is we can only see what we believe. So if you believe that God is a God of uh, order, you know what? You're going to read order everywhere. It's like the one person said that over 3,000 verses in the Bible or 75% of the verses in the Bible talks about money. Now you know exactly what he believes when he sees that because I tell you now, 75% of the verses in the Bible does not talk about money. So you can already see what he believes. So if he believes, he believes that God, if, if, if a person, is, for instance, believes in sowing and reaping, you will read everything in the Bible in the light of sowing and reaping. And you will say, it's so clear, it's as clear as day, there it's written. Uh, because you believe that. Now, remember, God is greater than your heart. And church, He wants you to hear His voice clearly. He's speaking all the time. How do we hear 
the voice of God. Now I spoke about this last Sunday and I want to just go to that verse again in Psalms. And this has really helped me. It has brought such change to my life. It's made it clear for me to, 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 um, to know the will of God for my life. Right. Um, we go to Psalms. <clears throat> you would say, Bertie, you're going to read Psalm 37? Of course. <clears throat> Verse 4, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, <clears throat> and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it forth. Now, we're going to look more in depth at that from Proverbs 16 and verse 3, and we're going to read from the Amplified, but I want to just explain to you what is happening here. He says in verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord. That means be pampered by God. That is, go, go, do yourself a favor, go into the Hebrew and look at the word delight. It means to be pampered or to be treated dainty. It, it means to, 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 to be treated softly. It says, be pampered in the Lord. Come to a place where He pampers you to the, to, uh, to the manifestation of peace in your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of of your heart. Now what that means is, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will bring forth desires in our heart. And from those desires, the next verse says, that we will find something coming forth in us that we would actually say, Lord, this is my way. This is what I want. Now listen to what it says there in the next verse. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. I want to use my own words. Delight yourself in the Lord and He shall bring forth the desires that should be in your heart. If you delight yourself in the law, if you delight yourself in uh, 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 some radical faith or something like that, you know, like we've just mentioned, then you will find that it will give you the desires of your heart. If I delight myself in um, sailing boats, then boats would give me the desire of my heart. If I delight myself in uh, the joy of being praised by others, then it shall give me the desires of my heart. Then I might say, I want to win this competition, or I want to be so good at that, and I want to be so good at that. And you would say, well, and now you'll go and pray, and you'll pray to God, and as you pray to God, God, who is greater than your heart, will definitely speak to you, but you will also hear this other voice. Um, so it's very important to find our delight in God. Now delight in God doesn't mean worship God. It doesn't mean do things for God. It doesn't mean you're an outspoken Christian or anything like that. And what I mean by that is an evangelist on the streets. Um, what it means to be delighted by God is to allow yourself to be treated by Him in a kind way wherein God reveals to you the reason why He would give His Son to you. When God would come and communicate uh, in a language that your heart, that warms your heart in telling you how beautiful you are, he, wherein you can clearly hear that He never lost focus of who you are and confused you with anything that you've been through or that you've done. 
but where he's got the original view of you. It's like I've said years ago, um, this one analogy, if, if, if I'm a, a dog breeder and I take this, um, I've got this very beautiful dog and the dog gets lost and it's the most beautiful one in the world, it is the world champ and it gets lost, you know, um, what will I do? I will look for the dog. And then if I find the dog two years later, chained to a tree in an area where he was not cared for, his hair is falling out, his teeth is falling out, but I can see this is that dog, I don't lose track of uh, that dog's DNA, what is inside him, what, he, what kind of a dog he is. And what I'll do is, because I want to redeem the value, I want, to, I want to bring that dog to a place where that dog can, can live its full potential and add to the, to the breed. You know, you would, I mean, what do you do? You would redeem, you'll buy back the dog. And then you'll have to persuade the dog uh, of your ownership. So um, when you look at the picture on, on your phone of the dog, when the dog was just a puppy, that is the picture you have of the dog. That is the original value. Now, when we hear things like that about us and God, where we say that God looks at the original picture of us and Maybe we've been through the abuse of the law. We've been through the abuse of life by the flesh. We've been through the abuse of Satan and the wrong doctrine and what and what and what. God still does not forget the original. And then when we hear that, our hearts become soft. That word is greater than the word of condemnation. Because when a person hears that, there is something in the depth of your being that says, I have been designed for that. I am made for that. Now, when you hear that and your belief changes into I am valuable, I am beautiful, then you'll find that from that belief, thoughts come. From that belief, uh, uh, the will of God comes forth. From that belief, you'll find um, emotions and passions and feelings and all those kind of things come forth. The way you perceive life, the way you listen to someone else when you speak, all those kind of things will now come forth from this new belief because you will have a brand new way of looking at things. And that is what I believe how God speaks to us. That is the most powerful way of speaking to somebody. The last thing that God wants for you is that He would be a boss, He would give you a command, you obey the command and he just says, faithful servant. Now there is examples like that in the Bible, but we need to understand that Jesus came and spoke to people that was so deep into law, that he used law language, he used slavery language to try and get to their hearts. And that's why he's greater than the heart. He can use that language to reach the heart and eventually lead you out to a place where you don't relate to God as well, faithful servant, he will say to you, faithful servant, but where he will say, my son, you are an heir. So, <clears throat> how does God speak to us? Very simple. God brought forth a word in Jesus that is so powerful that it pampers the human heart to the place where the very desires of God for our lives 
is born inside our will and inside our thoughts. So that we hear God from willing with Him, from thinking with Him. Now, when I say that, I want you to know that I'm not saying that God cannot speak in an audible voice. I'm not saying that God cannot appear to people. I'm not saying that um, God cannot take you away. Like Paul said, he was taken to the third heaven, inside the body or out the body, he don't know, but he was in the third heaven. Um, so, so, I mean, he, he says, I mean, I don't say something like that cannot happen. I'm not against visions and the gifts of the Spirit. But you know what? You can't live from vision to vision. Um, it's like my son. I don't want to call him every day and tell him what he must do. It would be wonderful if we share in our heart. And when, uh, when we share hearts and when he stands in front, in front of a certain situation faces difficulty or a blessing that he could hear his father in his heart say something because he knows his father and the spirit of his father is in him. You know, um, many times we say when, uh, when somebody's passed away, then we would say, you know, I can still hear John say this and this. And that is exactly how I believe God speaks to us in everyday life. He wants to come so close to us by pampering us with his goodness and with his kindness that we actually can hear God say. And not just hear God say as if we would hear him say because we know his person, but where who he is has influenced our will so much that God actually, that you hear God say through your mouth that you hear God think in your mind. That is the most powerful way to be led by the Spirit. Now, let us just read, uh, let us just read, uh, I'm just going to put this down over there. Let us read from Proverbs 16. And we're just going to see this. You know what, and this is the, this is the, the procedure I've seen. You're pampered by God. He starts to think and will in you in line with who you are as a person. In other words, to me, he might say, build a TV studio. In another guy's heart, he might say, sponsor the studio. Another person, he might say, um, you know, do the editing. Another person, he might say, um, transcribe the words, the, the messages into words. Another one, he might say, put that in book form. Um, the other one, he might, it, it will differ with everybody, um, you know, so, and then what, what happens is once that comes alive in our heart, that will, God wills in me, he thinks in me, then we would call it our way, we would think, it would be so close to us that we would think, isn't this just my thought? Now from a place of being pampered, that my thought, I believe is God speaking to us, and um, then when we come and we make that thought available to God, we say, Lord, you've worked in my heart so that I can, um, I feel in my heart, man, I would like to um, go on a certain mission trip somewhere or just spend a weekend away with a family or whatever that is. And the Bible says, take that will which you now think is just something that's in your heart, which is actually now born from God. Make your way known unto God. 
and then he will bring it forth. Now, how will he do that? That is clear in Proverbs. And, and, and church, this is going to bless you so much. I would like to encourage you to listen to this a couple of times. It will, it will really enrich you and help you in everyday life. Proverbs uh, 16.3, it says, Roll your works upon the Lord. What that means is, it's like we would say in Psalms, it says, Cast your care upon the Lord or let your or make your way known unto God. Be pampered. After pampering, God gives you desires or requests in your heart. Make that request known to God. It doesn't say go and do it. So many times we want to hear the voice of God saying, well, God now speaks in my will. Okay, now I feel what I want to do. So now His command to me, His voice to me is, I must go and bring that forth. No, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> What he says, what he actually is saying is, when he wills that in your heart, he's actually saying, is it okay if I bring it forth in you? And then you say, yes, Lord, if that's what you want. You know, and then when you said yes, then he will start to do things and guide you in everyday life to manifest that. And let me show you how it will work. It says, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him, he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. So, I might say the following. Lord, I want to uh, see, th th this is my desire, Lord. I want to see people hear your gospel via television. I want to, I, I, I'm seeing a web church. Now, that didn't come from just, Somebody. It is a vision born from God in my heart. How? I was pampered by the goodness of God. And then I thought, what do I have in my mind? I start to will what God wills. Man, I want to start a web church. Okay. Now what I can do is, and this is what I've done seven years ago. I jump in and start the web church. Now that is not what God wants. God didn't say, Bertie, I want you to have a web church. Go and start the web church and you have a web church. I will kill myself that way because it will be a man-made thing. And this is what happened in my life. I came to a place where I said, Lord, I realize that you worked in me to will and that that is not your command for me to do. You're actually asking me, can I bring it forth? Then I say, yes, I give this over to you. You can now... Bring this web church forth in my life. And then the Bible says you patiently wait. And now, listen to, because you will not know what to do next. You will think, let me go and see this person. Let me try this. Let me try that. And a lot of the time, we waste time doing it that way. It says, roll your works upon the Lord. Commit your trust to Him wholly. Um, um, he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will. So here is the will of God. Here is the voice of God. Bertie, you know what will really fit you? To be the pastor of an internet church that can reach people all over the world. Is it okay if I bring it forth in you? Wow, God. I was just thinking of how much you love me and people. I wasn't even trying to hear your voice. But here you bring this desire to me. God, I've got a desire to have a web church that can reach people all over the world. I want to see them free. I want to see them full of life. I want to see people that don't have access to a grace-based church 
actually have access to it. Uh, they've got a right unto that. You love them and I love them. Father, it's okay if you bring that forth in my life. The next thought that comes, maybe a week later, why don't, you know, call so-and-so and just uh, share with him, or just call so-and-so. And you call him and talk about cars and motorbikes and whatever. And here you find you link up with someone that can help you with this. This is what it says, and he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. So that's Proverbs 16.3 in the Amplified. So he says, our thoughts on how to get this manifested is not supposed to come from us. He will even give birth to that. All we need to do is say, Father, I hear what you say to me by you willing in me inside this atmosphere of being pampered and inside that I can make it known to you I don't find my identity now quickly you manifest anything but thank you father that my thoughts are now open and you will bring my make my thoughts agreeable to this world that you have agreed upon by God pampering you into it glory to God well church I trust that this is really um, that this is really helping you and showing you how easy it is to hear the voice of God. Now, um, I would like to end off by just reading... Oh, today I'm a bit clumsy. Just, uh, I don't know why. Right, let us, let us read uh, 2 Corinthians 3, a very well-known verse. This is what it says. It says... Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now what it talks about here, uh, <clears throat> the Lord is Jesus, and what he's done is the spirit wherein we operate. We operate in Jesus. What does Jesus spell? It spells union with the Father. It spells an end of the law system and the influence of the flesh. It spells perfect holiness, fully acceptable before God, a seat with God in the Godhead. Um, it talks about uh, the gift of eternal life given to us. That is Jesus. That's what Jesus spelled. So the Spirit of Christ, or the Lord is the Spirit, that's what it says. So what it means now is that this Spirit we are in is the Spirit of our innocence. It's called the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of our innocence, the Spirit of our acceptance, the Spirit that we will be raised up by the doing of God, even from a physical grave. That's what it's all about. Now, when I am inside that Spirit, you know, what does that Spirit do? That Spirit speaks to me. The Spirit of innocence tells me God has forgiven the sins of the world. From that Spirit, a thought can be born that says, man, God loves all people. A thought can be born that says, let's preach to them. A thought can be born when somebody steals or uh, does something wrong. You can say, man, that's not really him. He's under the power of something. Those thoughts can now be born. And that is how God speaks and communicates with us. Now, when we are in the spirit of the Lord, we have been liberated from the voice of self, the voice of the law and the enemy. So when we are in the spirit of our innocence and perfection, that's when we start to hear God. Clearly. God is greater than our heart. 
But we don't want God to speak, the Lord to speak, a double-minded man. The Bible, Bible talks about double-mindedness. We want to be single-minded. <laughs> Only mindful of Christ. And then it says here, But the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is liberty. But we all, with an open face, or a face that's not covered by the law, when we hear the pampering of God outside of works righteousness, but in God promising us life, we are changed into the very same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the, of the Lord. But now we with open face, as in a glass, we behold, sorry, verse 18, but we all with open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the very same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, what is the Spirit of the Lord? It is the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the Spirit of how, of, of this whole message of God promising us eternal life. It's the Spirit of our innocence. It's the Spirit of our acceptance. It's the Spirit of the Lord. Now, that message and that belief will bring forth the manifestation of the very glory of the resurrected Jesus inside our bodies as we behold the glory of God in this gospel and in this message. So how would God speak to us? How would God guide us by creating himself and his will and his person inside us? By us simply believing that, that is what he will do. Amen and amen. Well, church, I would like to pray for you. Maybe you're at a place, a crossroads in your life, a difficult place. You don't know what to do and you want to hear the voice of God. Let us just close our eyes and let me speak words that can pamper your heart. And then from there, you will start to hear the voice of God. Please know that the purpose of hearing the pampering is not to hear the voice of God. Can you just trust that God will actually talk to you? And that you don't have to hear right now what to do, but that, you know, 10 minutes of pampering will be okay. And if God speaks tomorrow, that can also be okay. You know, we believe in a God that raises the dead. So even if the worst scenario, but if, if I don't know now, I can die. Well, we believe in a God that can raise the dead. So the, something doesn't always have to happen today. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that I can pray for people watching via the internet. I thank you, Lord, that they are deeply loved. I want to just say to you, everybody watching, that the Lord looks at you as what a farmer would look at, a, at, at, at his crop that is so ripe and so beautiful. And he says, what a beautiful harvest. And he says, I've given my son and I've harvested you. What a blessing. What an absolute blessing to have you, that I could invest my life into you. I feel the Lord just comes and, and um, I just see like a vision of how a husband and a wife, I don't even want to say husband and wife, like a boyfriend girlfriend, uh, as they hold hands and there's the excitement of, I'm holding my girlfriend's hand or I'm holding my boyfriend's hand. That is the excitement in the heart of God as he holds your hand. I feel the Lord says that I should just, this comes to my mind, that he, you seal the deal for him. I also feel the Lord says to something, somebody specific, don't wait for the acceptance of man. Don't wait for the acceptance of man to 
and measured in my acceptance by it. You are loved. You are innocent. In Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you have that fullness. You are pure before Him. He's promised you eternal life. You are His temple. He is our hiding place and so He came and hid Himself within us as well. You are His heaven. You are the place where He wants to be. Your family is safe in His hands. Not even death can separate you from the love of God. You are deeply loved and innocent before Him. God says, I promise you my fruit. I promise you the manifestation of my holiness. I promise you my kindness. I am yours and you are mine. And I'm happy with it that way, says the Lord. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for watching. I trust that this message has deeply blessed you. I would like to encourage you just to continue, watch, continue to watch for a few minutes as we're going to make some annou announcements. God bless.